We're in Amos chapter 3 again tonight. <clears throat> Amos chapter 3. Uh, Israel is decades away from the Syrian conquering and disbursement of their kingdom. Uh, God's been gracious and he's reached out to them time and again. Now he's roaring concerning the judgments which are to come uh, through Amos, whom he has called from the sheepfold and uh, is uh, putting out that message once again, uh, and obviously for them to turn and, uh, and repent. Uh, but he goes on in verse 10, For they, uh, uh, they know not to do right, saith the Lord, who store up violence and robbery in their palaces, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, an adversary there shall be even round about the land, and he shall bring down thy strength from thee, and thy palaces shall be spoiled. Thus saith the Lord, as the shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion two legs, or a piece of an ear, so shall the children of Israel be taken out that dwell in Samaria in the corner of a bed, and in Damascus in a couch. Hear ye, and testify in the house of Jacob, saith the Lord God, the God of hosts, that in, the, that in the day that I shall visit the transgressions of Israel upon him, I will also visit the altars of Bethel, and the horns of the altars shall be cut off and fall to the ground. And I will smite the winter house with the summer house, and the houses of ivory shall perish and the great houses shall have an end, saith the Lord. Um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for your blessings and, and your goodness to us. We thank you, Lord, for your grace upon us. We're thankful that we can be in your house tonight. And, and Father, again, we're thankful for the word that's gone forth already today and in the Sunday school classes this morning and the worship service. And, and Father, uh, we're thankful to have your word, your spirit, your son, uh, as our advocate and and Lord how we uh, how we are blessed uh, Lord to, to just to be your children and and we're looking to you again for edification in our hearts that you would work your will that you would as we sung draw us nearer to thee and and help us uh, to be the lights that you want us to be and I pray for the filling of your spirit ministering your word help me and guide me I pray and pray for sister Sandra in the nursery watching the children father fill her with your spirit bless her and use her there I thank you for those with us online here as well as those with us here in the building. And Father, we, we count it a privilege uh, to worship thee and, uh, and, and Father, to, to serve you in whatever way you would call us and enable us. And, and so, Father, I pray to help us to learn from the word and be encouraged, uh, Lord, in your greatness, in your power, in your mercies toward us and all that you have provided for us. And we know that you are the God of history. Uh, you have determined what you will do uh, with this planet, uh, with the nations, and, uh, and God, yet you, have, uh, you expect us to, to come to you and respond, and, uh, and you will, will, will help all those who call upon you. And so, Father, we look to you, and we pray that, uh, that you'd be glorified and that we'd be edified. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <clears throat> All right, so uh, Amos continues to preach his message 
uh, in the northern kingdom of Israel. It applies to both uh, Jerusalem and Judah, of course, at this time, uh, as, uh, as we have seen. And uh, he has confirmed in the first part of uh, chapter 3 here uh, that, uh, that Israel is separate from God. Can two walk together except they be agreed? And uh, certainly Israel is walking contrary to God at this time. And it's obvious that, uh, that that is so because of the preaching that is coming to them. Uh, and on the other side of the, of the, of the coin there, it is, it, is light, it is just as obvious that Amos is walking with God because of the power that's upon him to proclaim this message and, uh, and the, the danger that he puts himself in in doing so. And uh, it's obvious that uh, God is, is drawing a line here and uh, that there needs to be a response to that if there's going to avoid uh, judgment. Uh, he continues to preach uh, uh, the sad uh, situation of Israel uh, we see uh, yet as we go on here. Verse 10, they know not to do right, uh, saith the Lord. You know, I think about Moses when he called, uh, uh, when he brought this nation out of uh, Egypt according to, uh, uh, to God's calling upon him. And he gave them the law and, and uh, gave them the second, the law again in Deuteronomy when uh, you know, the first generation had passed, had passed off who didn't go into the land who refused to obey the Lord and, and they passed away in the wilderness and Moses brought them in again, reviewed the law and, and he went, went through all the blessings, Deuteronomy 11, that, they, that would come upon them if they would, if they would just obey their God and, uh, and, but then there would be curses that would come upon them if they did not obey their God uh, Deuteronomy 11:28, and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day and go after other gods which ye have not known uh, notice at this time they, 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 they know not to do right way back then Moses is encouraging them beware that you go to other gods which you have not known uh, interesting uh, and we see that uh, Admonition again in Deuteronomy 13. Uh, if there rise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and give it thee a sign or a wonder, uh, and the sign or wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Ye shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice and ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. So sometimes God would even allow a prophet to come up, a false prophet. And maybe uh, uh, he, God allows him to get one right, maybe even do a miracle. But listen, if he speaks against the word of God, it doesn't matter how many miracles. Though we are an angel from heaven preaching the gospel, amen, and that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And so uh, God says, that may come along for a test. We'll see if you're going to you trust in my word. I want you to obey my word. I'll bless you. Um, if you do, don't go to God. You haven't known. You haven't known. Well, it's interesting. Uh, it's been about 180 years. Since, since Jeroboam made the golden calves and they went out after other gods. That was Jeroboam the first. Amos is ministering member under Jeroboam the second. About 180 years ago since Jeroboam the first made the golden calves and they went after those gods that they had not known. And now they have strayed so long that they know not the true God. That they know not to do right. 
I mean, what a sad story is that, uh, that you're God's chosen people, and now your own children don't even know the God of the universe because you strayed away from him for so long. You've been worshiping the, the, the false gods for so long. Now you don't even know what, 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 what to do. You don't even know what's right. And by that's by choice. They're choosing that wickedness. They're choosing to worship those false gods. Uh, what a sad thing. Uh, it's been a little over uh, uh, 200 years. We see how they have digressed when we look at our nation. Think about our nation founded 1776 and such. Over 200 years, look, look, look at where we've come. I mean, uh, I think that this nation was founded on Christian principles, and we see uh, God mentioned all through our founding documents. And it's only been a little over 200 years, and look where we've come. Uh, things that once were illegal now are lauded as, as, uh, as praiseworthy. And that's how far we have, have come. Uh, we're indeed a revival. And we need to pray for our nation, amen, and our leaders. And we need to be uh, the light that God wants us to be. Revival begins in the church and the people of God. Judgment begins at the house of God, doesn't it? And uh, so we need to, need to remember that. That the, their kids don't even remember the God who brought their nation out. <clears throat> what, a, what an amazing thing. Isaiah would come along. He would preach uh, about these graven images. Isaiah 40, 19. The workman melteth a graven image. The goldsmith spread it over with gold and cast its silver chains. He that is so impoverished that he hath no oblation chooseth a tree that will not rot. He seeketh unto him a cunning workman to prepare a graven image that shall not be moved. And Isaiah, have you not known? Have you not heard? Have it not been told you from the beginning? Yes, it has. But what did they do? They left it. One generation left a little bit behind, another generation left a little bit more behind until the generation came that they just didn't know. Have you have not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundation of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretched out the heavens as a curtain, and spread them out as a tent to dwell in, that bringeth the princes to nothing, he maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. God is in control. He's the God of the universe. Don't you remember that? Haven't you heard that? Yes, you have. But you haven't believed it. Uh, you have taken advantage of the mercy and the grace of God. You know, I think of the, about that when, when Judah was taken uh, captive into Egypt, remember, and Jeremiah was, 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 was preaching to him. And they, they said, and he was trying to get him to, to repent, and they said, well, we remember back when we were worshiping the queen of heaven, we had all our food and everything we wanted. And Jeremiah said, well, wasn't, God, wasn't that God waiting and being patient? Don't you think that's God's patience rather than, than some false God was provided? He was being patient. He remembers your worship of that false God. If that's what you're experiencing now is the judgment for that. Uh, sometimes we, we want to be careful not to, not to confuse God's patience with God's acceptance of what, of what we've strayed into. Amen. And uh, uh, we, need to, we need to be careful about that. Uh, uh, Jeremiah 4:22. For my, for my people is foolish. What does Psalm say? The fool hath said in his heart, "What there is no God." And they were acting like there was, like they didn't know the God or ever have any knowledge of the God of the universe. My people is foolish. They have not known me. They are sordid children. The idea of foolish repeated again, and they have none understanding. They are wise to do evil. 
but to do good they have no knowledge. And that's obviously the way that we have seen that they had become by the by the things that 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 uh, that Amos uh, revealed about them uh, in their covetousness, in their idolatry, in their seeking of riches and forsaking God, all that they were doing. <clears throat> Theirs is not the childish ignorance of the simple. Theirs is the chosen ignorance of the foolish. They've chosen the wrong paths, and they're coming to the end of those paths. Uh, because God is getting ready to lift his mercy and bring the judgment that they will need to have uh, uh, in, in, in his plan. Uh, and uh, we know that this isn't simple ignorance, but, but, but chosen foolish ignorance because you know, of the rest of the verse there in, in verse 10, uh, who store up violence and robbery in their palaces. That's what they were doing. Uh, unjust business practice practices, and uh, uh, oppressing others uh, for their riches. Uh, and uh, we've seen uh, uh, that much of their wickedness springs from the covetousness and greed that's going on. They will incorporate even violence with their robbery if it will profit them. And, uh, and God is going to have to, going to, have to chasten them. Uh, James 4.2, speaking to you, writing to his, uh, to the 12 tribes scattered abroad, James says, James, he says, you lust and have not, you kill and desire to have, you cannot obtain, you fight in war, but you have not, why? Because you ask not. And uh, you ask and receive not, because you ask amiss, they may consume it upon your lusts. You adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God, that's enemy of God, we talked about that this morning. Uh, Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. And it seems like that's the way that they were living at this time, though they knew the true God. Though they had Israel carried the message in a polytheistic society, they carried the banner of the one true God, yet they had forgotten that. They had worshipped many false idols, and they continued in that. And, uh, and God was watching, and God would, would move according to his plan. First uh, Timothy 6.10, For the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after they had erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Isn't that what they were doing? Uh, yes, the love of money is the root of all evil. I think that means all kinds of evil. Uh, any, any kind of evil you can think of can be caused by, uh, by a desire for money. And uh, it's an amazing, an amazing thing. Uh, verse 11, Therefore thus saith the Lord God, An adversary there shall be even round about the land. And he shall bring down thy strength from thee, and thy palaces shall be spoiled. There's an adversary coming. Uh, who is that? Uh, well, that is, that, is, uh, uh, that is Shalmaneser, the king of Assyria. He's going to come and, of course, besiege Samaria uh, for three years and then carry them, uh, disperse them, carry them away captive into the land that's going to happen within 30 years they're going to be spoiled uh, as a nation and uh, what a what a sad thing the palaces in which they stored up the spoils of their ill-gotten gains would themselves become spoils for the Assyrians uh, the justice of God amen and uh, what they were storing up was as their booty those wicked uh, uh, deceitful robbers was going to become someone else's spoil and uh, someone was going to bring violence upon them and take away their riches. And uh, they would not be able to save themselves uh, uh, from that. Verse 12. Thus saith the Lord, 
as the shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion two legs or a piece of an ear, so shall the children of Israel be taken out that dwell in Samaria in the corner of a bed and in, in Damascus in a couch. In a couch. Uh, and uh, in, in less than 40 years, Israel would be scattered throughout the Assyrian Empire. Isn't that a sad picture of the shepherd arriving to where the, the, you know, the, the, the lamb's been taken? And, and what, is it, what, it's a pic, what is it a picture of? It's a picture of the shepherd, of the shepherd getting there too late, isn't it? <laughs> uh, it's too late. The destruction has come. And, uh, and of course, what, what, what is going to happen is it's going to become too late for Israel, but it's not the shepherd's fault in this case, is it? <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, it? It's the sheep's fault for wandering, okay? If, you, if, you, if, you, if, you, if the sheep goes to live in the lion's den, he's going to get eaten, okay? And that's what they were doing. And uh, it's going to be too late for God to save them because they have refused his deliverance. And what a sad picture uh, uh, of the destruction. Uh, it talks about them... Uh, uh, dwelling in Samaria in the corner of a bed and Damascus in a, in, in a couch and, and of course the ancients when they would dine and they have their, their, their dining you know in, in Luke chapter 16 it talks about that rich man you know dining luxuriously and the ancients would dine they would recline when they dine uh, they you know they didn't sit at the tables like we would you know uh, we we you know, we read about John you know leaning on Jesus' uh, bosom and and uh, as they ate that last supper but they would recline so it's a picture of of, of dining and uh, of of luxurious living uh, and uh, uh, and uh, uh, and certainly we read about that uh, anybody mentions uh, they dwell in Samaria in the corner of a bed and in Damascus in a couch. So there's some that are reclining in, in luxury in Samaria uh, and, uh, and described as a corner of a bed and in Damascus in a couch. A couch is kind of a personal bed. So, so a little more uh, uh, expanse, a little more room. Uh, we think about uh, what that would mean at, the time, at this time in history. We have learned already that at this time that Amos is preaching that it was by the mercies of God that Jeroboam II had recently recovered the borders of Israel and, the, ter and the, the territories that his predecessors had lost. We read about that in 2 Kings 14, uh, about Jeroboam II, verse 24. He did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. He departed not from all his sin, all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebet, who made Israel to sin. That would be Jeroboam I. He, res he restored, Jeroboam II, the coast of Israel, from the entering in of Hamath, Hamath was in Syria, north of Damascus. From the entering in of Hamath under the sea of the plain, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he spake by the hand of his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet, which was of Geth Hefer. For the Lord saw the affliction of Israel. I've said it before, I'll say it again. The more I read and study and learn, learn the Old Testament, the more I see the mercies of God flowing all through it. Uh, for the Lord saw the affliction of Israel, that it was very bitter. Uh, for there was not any shut up, nor any left, nor any helper for Israel. This is great oppression. And the Lord said that he would not blot out the name of Israel from under heaven, but he saved them by the hand of Jeroboam, the son of Joash. He brought them deliverance. Uh, and that deliverance included uh, Damascus and Syria. So at this time, uh, Damascus and Syria is under the power of the northern kingdom of Israel. And so uh, they could go there as well uh, with their riches. And, uh, and they could do their luxurious living there as well. 
Uh, they've expanded uh, in that. They are what? They're turning their backs on the very mercies of God. They're taking what God did in his mercy. He saw them. I'm not going to destroy them yet. He gives them victory. And then what, then what do they do? They take that very victory and they expand their idolatry. Uh, the patience of God. Amen. The patience of God is it's amazing. And by the way, I'm not too, being too judgmental on them. He's been pretty patient with me, okay? And I'm thankful for his patience and his grace and his mercy, uh, the patience of God. Uh, but we read in 2 Kings 17.5, Then the king of Assyria came up through all the land, went up to Samaria, and besieged it three years. That would come, as I mentioned, shortly in just a few decades. Three years. Uh, that was a pretty desperate siege. Think about that. Uh, as best we can read we can remember Jerusalem was, was besieged about two years and you can read uh, as far as the actual besiege and if you read it you read Lamentations you read about the sorrows it talks about uh, women eating their children talks about their skin becoming brittle and, and like sick that was two years they besieged Samaria three years three years and uh, that was a difficult judgment and, uh, and, and, and they went through that uh, I think about this destruction as Amos, of course, Amos being a shepherd, what a picture that would paint in his mind, uh, and uh, uh, about the, the shepherd going and, and only being able to recover an ear, you know, or a leg of a lamb, probably that, that probably had, had happened to Amos before, and uh, what, what, what a sad, uh, what a sad picture, and it's a picture of something that Moses talked about in Exodus chapter 22 and verse 10. If a man deliver unto his neighbor an ass or an ox or a sheep or any beast to keep, and it die or be hurt or driven away, and no man seeing it, and he goes on to say in Exodus 22:13, if it be torn in pieces, then let him bring it for a witness, and he shall not make good that which was torn. So he brought the piece of the ear back or the leg, whatever, and there was nothing I could do about it, and it was torn by a beast. That was evidence. Uh, you know that it was out of his hands. He didn't have to. He didn't have to pay for that. And uh, and by the way, God had done what He could do for Israel. Amen. And uh, and uh, if they were going to be taken, they were going to be taken because of their own choices. And God had done all that He would do uh, in, in preventing and turning them back from that. And at just the right time, uh, the God of judgment, as Brother Chris was teaching the other day, teaching and preaching the other day, He's the God of righteous judgment. He would bring that judgment upon them. Even to that, even to such a, 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 a great judgment um, as that. Verse 13 Hear ye and testify in the house of Jacob, saith the Lord God of hosts. I keep knocking my microphone out of my thing here. <clears throat> Hear ye and testify in the house of Jacob, saith the Lord God of hosts. Now, uh, some have noted that he likely is, is referring to verse 9. He says, uh, uh, look in verse 9. He's, who is God talking to? He says, publish in, publish in the palaces at Ashdod and in the palaces uh, in the land of Egypt and say, assemble yourselves uh, upon the mountains of Samaria. Behold, the great tumults in the midst thereof and the oppressed in the midst thereof. Remember, uh, God is calling now the heathen, come and view what I'm going to do to my people. Uh, before when God was still showing out that mercy, remember, uh, David said, tell it not. You know, you know, don't tell the land of the Philistines. Well, God's now saying, tell it. Tell, uh, come, heathen, come look at what I'm going to do. And, 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 and it seems that he's, he is referring to them here again. Hear ye. Who did he already call? He told the heathen to come and what? Hear ye 
and testify in the house of Jacob. You that are outside the house of Jacob, you that are out there in the world, watch what I'm hear ye and testify in Jacob when you see what I do. When you see what I do. Many believe he's referring back to those that he'd called in verse 9, telling, continuing uh, what, what more they may be able to testify. He goes on in verse 14. That in that day I shall visit the transgressions of Israel upon him. I will also visit the altars of Bethel. And the horns of the altar shall be cut off and fall uh, to the ground. We think about Israel, that northern kingdom when they separated uh, from, the southern, from, the, uh, from, the, from Judah. And when Jeroboam I was called by God to be king of that northern kingdom of Israel, what was the first thing he did? Unfortunately, he went into idolatry, didn't he? And he made those two, those two golden calves. God could have protected him. He was worried about, you know, the, the, the Jews going back to Jerusalem and worship, and they, they'd, get, they, 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 they'd get used to Rehoboam again, and they'd eventually kill him. That's not what God promised him. God said, if you serve me, I'll take care of you. I'll bless you. Uh, but he didn't believe God. He was afraid that, that they would get all friendly with Judah again and that they would kill him. God's able to protect, isn't he? Remember when, uh, when, uh, when, when, uh, when Manasseh and uh, the half-tribe of Manasseh and the others and, and the Reubenites and stuff on the, that stayed on the, uh, on, on the uh, east, east side of the Jordan River there, when they stayed, they, they, bought, they got their possessions in the land. But what did they do? They had to vow to go into the, across the river and fight for the, for the other tribes to get their land. Amen. And they built fenced cities for their wives and children who they left behind. Who took care of them when they left them behind? God did, didn't he? God did. They were taken care of. They didn't need the armies there because they were doing the will of God and God took care of, uh, of the families there. God would have taken care of Jeroboam too. But he didn't believe, and so he made those 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 those, those idols. Uh, and ever since he made those golden calves, you know, Israel, the northern kingdom, never turned from that. They never turned from that. Uh, there were times, few in the history of the northern kingdom, that there was a faint turning back to God. We read about a few of them. Second Kings chapter three, we find uh, in verse one, we find Jehoram the son of Ahab began to reign over Israel. Of course, Ahab and Jezebel were very wicked. Uh, they brought uh, Baal worship into, into the northern kingdom. Now, Jehoram, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel and Samaria, the 18th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and he reigned 12 years. And he wrought evil in the sight of the Lord, but not like his father. A little lessening here. Uh, and like his mother. For he put away the image of Baal that his father has made. Okay, uh, there's, a little bit that, there, there's a little bit of good there, we might say. Nevertheless, he cleaved unto the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Bet. Never give up the golden calves. Never give up the golden calves. We read again about Jehu. Remember, he was called to destroy Baal worship. Uh, uh, Jehoram only uh, destroyed the altar that was, or, the, or the image that was made. But Jehu was called by God to destroy Baal worship in the northern kingdom. Uh, and, uh, and in 2 Kings 10.28 we read thus Jehu destroyed Baal out of Israel amen how be it from the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat who made Israel to sin Jehu departed not but never stopped worshipping the golden calves 
or Israel or Israel from doing that. What a sad thing. We read it again. Uh, in Jehoahaz, the son of Jehu, uh, they were pressed and under uh, uh, great trials. And Jehoahaz besought the Lord. The Lord hearkened unto him, for he saw that the oppression of Israel, because the king of Syria oppressed them. And the Lord gave Israel a savior so that they went out from under the hand of the Syrians. And the children of Israel dwelt in their tents as before time. Nevertheless, they departed not from the sins of the house of Jeroboam. We never see them ever departing from, uh, from Jeroboam. From Jeroboam. And now God's bringing judgment. I want to go back a little further. Let's rewind about 140 years from where Amos is at right now. And let's just look at where Jeremiah made those. Jer I mean, uh, Jeroboam the first made those calves in 1 Kings 14.5. Uh, he had been made those calves. He's worshiping those calves in the northern kingdom. And uh, he becomes, uh, his, his son becomes ill. And uh, he wants Ahijah the prophet uh, to heal him, to heal his son. And, uh, and so what does Jeroboam do? And by the way, if you don't think God has a sense of humor, I can't read this passage <laughs> without, without laughing, okay? Uh, but Jeroboam the first wants to send his wife uh, to Ahijah the prophet uh, to have Ahijah, uh, in the name of the Lord, heal his son. Okay, uh, and what he does, and what she apparently does is because they Ahijah knows they're wicked. Ahijah knows that you know, they made the golden calves. They're not worshiping God, and so apparently, apparent uh, uh, Jeroboam's wife disguises herself. I can, can you picture what that, you know, can you picture her doing that? I don't know what she did, but uh, she put some stuff on, you know, remember, uh, uh, you know, Jacob and Esau's mom, she put the hair on, you know, you know, I, you know she, and she, I couldn't imagine what, what, what she did, you know, putting the makeup on, maybe some kind of a hair, and look, and, and talking to her servants, now, how do I look? Do you recognize me? You know, can you imagine all the preparation when she, before she'd go and see a hijack? So she gets all ready to go, you know, and she's all ready, she's got everything just right, uh, and, uh, and the, and the Bible says, uh, And the Lord said unto Ahijah, Behold, the wife of Jeroboam cometh to ask a thing of thee for her, uh, for her son, for he is sick. Uh, and, and thus and thus shalt thou say unto her, For it shall be, when she cometh in, that she shall feign herself to be another woman. And it was so when Ahijah heard the sound of her feet, and she came at the door, he said, Come in, thou wife of Jeroboam, why feignest thou thyself to be another? Uh, for I am sent to thee with heavy tidings. Uh, go tell Jeroboam, thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, as much as I exalted thee from among the people, and made thee prince over my people, and rent thy kingdom away from the house of David, and gave it uh, to thee, and yet thou hast not been as my servant David, who kept my commandments, and who followed me with all his heart, to do that which was right in mine eyes, but hast done evil above all that was before thee, for thou hast gone and made the other gods and molten images to provoke me to anger and to cast me behind thy back. He tells her in verse 12, Arise therefore, get thee to thine own house, 1 Kings 14, 12, uh, and when thy feet enter into the city, the child shall die. Uh, he says, uh, <clears throat> In verse 13, uh, And all Israel shall mourn for him and bury him, for, all, for he only of Jeroboam shall come to the grave, because in him there is found some good thing toward the Lord God of Israel. That's interesting. In the house of Jeroboam. 
uh, verse 15, For the Lord shall smite Israel as a reed is shaken in the water, and he shall root up Israel out of this good land which he gave to their fathers, and shall scatter them beyond the river, because they have made their, their groves provoking the Lord, uh, the Lord to anger. And he, gave his, and, and he shall give Israel up because of the sins of Jeroboam who did sin, who made Israel to sin. And Jeroboam's wife shall uh, depart and came to Terza. And when she came to the threshold, the, 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 the child died. And so what, what did he, what God is going to judge him. But think about this. The Bible says there in the, in the passage there in 2 Kings 14 that, that Ahijah's eyesight was bad. He couldn't see. He, could, he couldn't see. She comes to the door all dressed up, probably. Or maybe she knew he couldn't see. Maybe so she didn't have to, but we're not told that they knew that. Anyway, his, his, he couldn't see. And she feigned herself to be another woman. So she comes in there, and, and she doesn't even open the door. And Hyde just says, Oh, wife of Jeroboam, come on. Why are, you, why, are you, why are you pretending to be another woman? Come on in. And she comes in. You know, how in the world... And now when she comes in, she finds out he can't even see. <laughs> oh my goodness, that just, that just cracks me up. And, uh, and then he gives her that news. And God, he says, uh, God's going to do what's right. And, uh, uh, and God had also said that he would destroy uh, that altar. And, uh, and we see he's going to do that. Uh, he's going to touch that altar. By the way, he, sa he says there... Uh, uh, he, he mentioned the altar in uh, <clears throat> I will visit the altars of Bethel verse 14 that was probably the, the other smaller altars that they had made in worship of those gods and the horns of the altar uh, the great altar that Jeroboam first made uh, in, 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 uh, in worship of them uh, shall be cut off and fall to the ground so those altars that had stood and they worshiped all those years. What did God say? By the way, now I'm going to the root of the problem. <laughs> uh, I'm going to destroy. I'm, I'm taking the whole nation away. And I'm destroying where you started. I'm destroying where you started. God's justice. God's justice. I will smite the winter house with the summer house. Uh, and the houses of ivory shall perish. Uh, verse 15 there in Amos 3. And the great houses shall have an end, saith the Lord. Um, they were oppressive rulers uh, they were uh, robbing the people they were living in wealth while others lived in oppression and poverty and God says I'm going to judge you and by the way you won't be able to hide in your great houses and in your palaces uh, I'm coming for them too and uh, uh, God's judgment is thorough isn't it and uh, and uh, 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 and he, by the way, he doesn't do it with 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 a wrong attitude like I would, <laughs> or some of us would. Yeah, no, he does it in justice, doesn't he? It's just the right thing to do, and it's the right measure to do, isn't it? And when he gets angry, he gets angry at just the right uh, temperature, doesn't he? And uh, certainly he does. He's tired of that oppression. He's tired of seeing those suffer. And it's interesting. Uh, I was reading some commentaries David Guzik has on this. And he uh, he speaks of uh, of of this uh, this these great houses shall have an end, uh, and the ivory uh, the houses of ivory shall perish. <clears throat> uh, he mentions that uh, God's judgment would not stop at the places of idol worship; it would extend uh, to the places built and enjoyed through oppression and robbery. 
says in the age prior to Jeroboam II, the houses of, of Israel's cities were roughly the same size. But archaeologists uh, find a change starting in the 8th century BC. Ancient cities like Terza uh, have a neighborhood of large, expensive houses and other neighborhoods of small, crowded structures, smaller than the houses from previous years. The larger houses are filled with marks of prosperity and the oppression the oppressive rich of Israel thought they could find safety there. But God's judgment came against those houses as well, just as Amos had promised. So there had become a separation where there was apparently the rich, rich, and the poor, poor. And uh, their houses got smaller and their palaces got bigger. <laughs> and, uh, and what a sad thing. And God says, okay, it's, it's time. And he judged them and he carried them in away. And yes, many would die in the land of captivity, but God would bring the nation back, amen, new generations, and yet uh, continue with his promise and his plans uh, with the nation of Israel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your goodness and mercies. And, and Father, we can, we can truly say that uh, as you have been and continue to be toward Israel as a nation, so are you toward us as individual Christians. Uh, Lord, uh, you, you've never forsaken us, and you never will. And Lord, though we forsake you, you your, your arms are open to bring us back. And we, as long as we have breath and as far as we know, can repent and, uh, and, and come back to you. And time and again, God, you're merciful, long-suffering, uh, waiting for us. And, and, uh, and sometimes we don't realize that, that the, it is the goodness of God that leadeth us to repentance. Sometimes you're blessing us and just blessing us. And, and we realize, dear God, how, been, how, how good you have been to us. And, and Father, when we're blessed, we ought to also remember that blessings are, ought to be an encouragement for us to examine our lives. Father, because you have been good to us and you're worthy of service and certainly if there are sins in our lives to forsake to repent and turn to you father we ought to do that not only because of your chastings father but because of your blessings upon us god you're worthy of it and, and lord i thank you for jesus every time I, I i picture him in my mind and every time i i picture about meeting him and every time i read about your blessed son in your word i'm amazed and, and i'm humbled and I'm reminded of, of the love that you have toward me, Lord, as we all ought to be. I'm reminded of the hope that you give, uh, Lord, the, the, the fullness of the Godhead in Christ, Father, and what a glory it is to have such a Savior. And I pray that you would help us uh, to walk with you. And Lord, should you uh, touch our lives, should you work with us individually and draw us to you from some sin, from some wandering, uh, God, might we turn? Might we not continue as Israel, as a nation did, in the wrong direction? Might we turn back to you? And, and Father, for, uh, for those of us that are facing trials, and, and the enemy always uh, attacks us when we're weak, when we're in the midst of, of hard times, or, or when even in prosperous times, when we're not watchful, 
He likes to attack when we're weak or when we're not watchful. And, and God, uh, but when those burdens are heavy, Father, give, give grace to your children. And I know, as, uh, as this church knows, we know one another's uh, burdens. We know some of the circumstances that these are facing in life and where they're at, God. We don't know the details like you. But Father, if we're loving each other, uh, uh, we are in our hearts and prayers partaking of others' sorrows and others' trials as we perceive them. And we pray also and trust that others are doing for us. And I thank you for that, God. Uh, how often we look for you uh, to comfort us and, Father, to comfort another, to comfort another in the way you've comforted us. Lord, we want, want anybody to miss the joy that we've known knowing you and help us to be uh, to be peacemakers in that sense that others might know this same joy and peace reaching out to them in whatever way that we can and father help us to be careful to thank you and praise you we ask these things in jesus name amen